change around my team, yeah, we off the leash. You can look us in the eyes and see we have peace. Black and gold, that's the colors when we go to war. When we step up on that field, you go hear my roar. We them tiger cats, we them, we them tiger cats. We them tiger cats, we them, we them tiger cats. Yeah, nobody hitting harder. Better keep your guard up, cause with everything we drop, we can score it when we wanna. Welcome to Podsky Wee. I'm Josh Smith. And I'm Mike Graham. Mike, lots of stuff to talk about uh, CFL-wise. Free agency is just around the corner. I think it's five days from now. I think it's next Tuesday it opens. Ticats have been super busy. We're signing a bunch of players. Uh, we have to say goodbye to one of the franchise legends. We got some some good CFL news to discuss, some free agency things, some rumors out there that I think will could be some, for some fun debates between the two of us. We can look at what the Thai Cats are going to do, or what we think they're going to do, or what we'd like them to do, or guys we think they should bring in. Look around at some of the bigger names that might be available, and maybe picking some landing spots for them. But before we get to all that, you uh, can get the floor here because you were a guest on another Canadian football podcast this week. So why don't you tell everyone where they can hear your sexy voice, uh, even more Mike than Ooh, we get more, on here. That's what everyone needs, right? <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh yeah it was a great time talking on the canadian football countdown podcast uh you know we we ran through the whole season from 2021 with the tie cats oh boy and, uh, relived the ups and the downs and then the downs again so uh if you want to relive the the season of uh 2021 uh go check them out no offense but i do not I, I, so at least the end i don't want to relive that last game the rest of the season was okay it was fun I mean, I'd really like to relive that East Final and the East Semi. Yeah. Those were fun. But uh, the end lot. of the season, I'm not – and I'm, I'm not doing a good job of trying to sell this because, like, I, yeah, I, 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 I'm still not ready to kind of digest that Grey Cup. That was uh, – I mean, I just watched my NFL team get beat in a, in a big playoff game this past weekend. But I think I'd rather watch that than watch the Grey Cup again. But uh, it's it's good that you're you're getting out there and and doing some other stuff and yeah what a, that's an interesting concept to kind of go through the entire season again. Mm-hmm. It was uh, you know I must admit that some of those games early on in the season kind of uh, slipped my memory. Yeah, you know, it's hard to it's hard to remember games that back back that far. But uh, yeah, it was a great time and they they run a good show there. So Canadian football countdown, check it out. All right, so. I guess we have to start with the the sad news this week. Um, news where I don't think either of us were all that surprised about, though. I know you weren't, for sure. Um, Brandon Banks will not be a member of the Hamilton Tiger Cats going forward. The team and the player mutually agreed to depart ways late last week. I think it's the right move. I, I know Banks has been very active on social media, kind of disagreeing with people who think that he maybe has lost a step, but I really don't think it's deniable. And it's not a knock at Banks. He's 34 years old. He's 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 going to lose every, everyone. Father Time is undefeated. Father Time just, just beat Tom Brady. Tom Brady felt like he was going to play until he was 1,000 years old, has announced his retirement from the NFL. 
I know you thought that Banks wasn't going to be back. So it, this is less about talking about the surprise of the news and more it felt inevitable, right? Yeah, it did. Um, with all the young receivers that stepped up last season, it, uh, you know, and him being, you know, getting the injury bug and, and all that stuff, it seemed the writing was on the wall, it seemed. Um, and it, yeah, you're right. He has lost a step um, slightly, but it doesn't mean he can't be a very effective receiver in this league. It's still one of the best, I think. Um, anywhere he goes, he will help with a team immensely. But uh, I think it was just time to move on for the Tiger Cats, get some uh, younger receivers at a, a cheaper price and uh, uh, go forward. Like I said on Twitter, like not too long ago, uh, on the Podsky account, it's a new. It feels like a new era in uh, Ticat Land, and uh, I'm excited for it. Does this feel like potentially one of those rather get rid of him a year too early than a year too late? Like maybe he goes somewhere else, and I think he's going to sign with someone next week. Um, but and and maybe he has a great season. But then it, you, you know, like great great teams, like really good teams, do this right, like. To use the NFL as an example, Bill Belichick is notorious for this, where he sees a value in a guy and he he goes, okay, I think he's about to hit the downward slope. And you see them go somewhere else and it's like, no, they can still contribute. And then a year and a half later, they're out of the game. And I'm not saying that Banks will, you know, walk off into the distance and never be seen from again, but he might have a great year this year and it would still, in my opinion, be the right move because eventually he's his the decline is going to catch up to him. And eventually, he's not going to be good enough anymore. And I think I'd rather see, get guys like Poppy White and Tim White and Steven Dunbar and get those guys who are going could potentially be here four, five, six, seven years, get those guys the reps that they need and, and let Banks go go try to win somewhere else. I It's sad because you never want to see a franchise legend, and I, I don't think we are using that cavalierly. Like, mm-hmm. Banks will, his name's going to go on the Wall of Honor. He's he's going to be remembered as one of the all time great Tiger Cats. He's probably going to go to the Hall of Fame. Like the, I don't think these things are deniable. But at some point, you do have to turn the page, and I, I think the team made the right decision here. Yeah, so do I. And if you know, maybe if those young receivers didn't step up the way they did last year, mm-hmm. then I wouldn't be thinking this. But uh, yeah, I agree with you completely. Um, and and I also do think that he will be playing somewhere next year, and. Uh, Hopefully it's not in the same division. Hopefully he goes uh, out west. If he signs with Edmonton, I wouldn't complain because then I can continue to watch him closely, and that would be a lot of fun. But, uh, yeah, just like thinking back on his career as a Ticat, I think the 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 game that really stands out, and it's pretty obvious to any Ticat fan, is the um, Eastern Final against Montreal. I, I can't remember exactly what year it is. 2014. But, you know, yeah, with the two returns for touchdowns. Should have been three. Should have been three. Um, just watching those returns, the way that he, like how good he was at his peak returning the ball was uh, really, really fun to watch. I was going to ask, what's your what's your memory? Like what, what what's the one standout memory of, of Brandon Banks that you'll have? And I, I think it's undeniable that it's, it's that, it's that game, right? Like he single-handedly took this team to a great cup and then nearly single-handedly won. Like obviously if things had gone a different way, it would have been the punt return in the week following. But to do what he did on that stage, kind of his, and he was with the team in 2013 and had a pretty good year. And he was, he was pretty good in 20. I think he was actually special teams player of the year in 20 or maybe he was special teams player in 2015. 
Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think the East final was his like his big breakout, and that's when everyone was like, "Oh my god!" And then you thought that's what he would be. He'd be Gizmo Williams. You know what I mean? Like he'd be he'd be a great returner, and then he gets thrust into the receiving core when June Jones took over and turned himself into an All Star receiver and won an MOP. Like he's the first tie cat to win MOP since Danny McMahon. It took twenty years for a tie cat to win MOP again. He's going to the Hall of Fame, right? Like, I don't think there's really any any doubt. Like, he's one of the best players of his era. Yeah, he, he has to go to the Hall of Fame. But uh, the only caveat is he doesn't have two Grey Cup uh, wins as a starter. So, I, I guess... <laughs> yeah. Doesn't matter. We won't talk about that. But... Uh, we, we You know what? No, we will a little bit later because I do okay, want to discuss okay. that. But that was... The, to, that was stupid, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay, well, but we'll table that discussion for a little later. You think of Brandon Banks? He's he's this was this era's star player, face of the franchise on offense. Flip side is Simone Lawrence on defense, and unlike Banks, Simone Lawrence will actually be in Ticat colors in 2022. He signed a new one year contract with the Ticats. Any surprise here? I I. I I said I wrote a piece for three down, and I kind of used both of them. To, I talked about both of them at the same time because there's, you know, they came to the team in the same year in 2013. Simone got here uh, via the trade, the, the one of the most lopsided trades in league history. Banks then came around midseason, but they were kind of when you thought of the tie cats of sort of what I think can be referred to as like the Tim Hortons field era, like the the first sort of decade here. It's these two guys that you think of. They're they're the franchise cornerstones. And where we saw Banks kind of tail off, we saw Simone get na- nominated as the East Division's top defensive player. So he hasn't lost a step. Um, do you think that this was the right decision to bring him back? He only signed a one-year deal, which is interesting because a lot of these guys have been signing two-year contracts. He only signed for one. Um, but you think that this was uh, a good signing? Yeah, absolutely. He uh, he had a stellar year last season, and uh, I don't see any signs of him slowing down yet. So, uh, Simone Lawrence, you know, he is tight cats football and, um, banks playing somewhere else. Um, seems very strange, obviously, but Simone Lawrence somewhere else would just be like, no, I can't, I can't accept that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and I know, I know that it might happen one day, but, uh, it's good to have him back with the tight cats for at least one more season. Okay. So there were a bunch of other guys that were brought back, they signed Don Jackson to a two-year contract. They signed Stephen Dunbar to a one-year deal. Jovan Santos Knox got a new one-year contract. Cario Brooks got a two-year deal. Dylan Wynn signed for two years. Kay Orkafor was resigned, I believe, was only for one season. And they signed Lamar Durant, who was cut by the BC Lions. So we'll we'll save the Durant signing for for last. We'll talk about that. But of all the guys that they brought back just before free agency started, I almost feel silly asking this question. Which one is your favorite? Well, it's got to be got to be the big boy in there. <laughs> That's why I felt silly asking the question. Of course, it's the guy whose jersey you have. Of course, um, yeah, that was a relief. Uh, I finally felt what everyone was complaining about because I haven't bought a, a jersey in a while, right? So <laughs> when he had free agency, I was like, oh, he might be gone. But uh, but seriously, you know, it's great to have him back. Um, I, I'm really excited to have uh, Don Jackson in the backfield again this year, as you know. When he was inserted into the lineup, uh, the offense changed for the better. So I think he's a huge. But all these all these signings are um, 
very exciting. Very, very good signings and, you know, except for maybe one. But, you know, depending on what his role will be. Yeah, I... Depending on where you were going, I was going to go with the offset. Like the, the two ones that I'm the most excited about are the same as you, like Dylan Wynn and Don Jackson. Um, I do think that there's rumors about Jagger Davis, and we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, I think the team made a decision on which one of those guys they were going to bring back, and I think they made the right decision. I got nothing against Jagger Davis. Um, I think he's a wonderful, great player. Dylan Wynn has been a difference maker as a defensive tackle. And I would have been, there were a lot of rumors out there about Ottawa making a really strong push for him. I would have been super bummed if he would have signed with the Red Blacks. So I'm really glad he's back. And Don Jackson, I said on the show, I said to my friends, if he's re-signed with the team, I'd buy his jersey. And he signed not just one, two years. I'm going to be a man of my word. Uh, come before, before the season starts, I will have purchased my first Ticats jersey in quite some time. With the, with the player movement, it's been really tough. Like you, you said with the wind jersey, it's very tough to kind of get a name on a jersey. But uh, I'm a man of my word, so I'll be bringing that Don Jackson jersey to a game this year. Um, Cario Brooks, I don't think that that can be understated. How He might be, for my money, the most underrated player in the CFL. He's the best player no one talks about. He tied for the league league in interceptions last year. He is an absolute stud at that uh, boundary side halfback position. And no one ever kind of brings him up as one of the best DBs in the league. And I think he has been for the last two or three years. So I, th- I think getting him, the defense looks like it's it's kind of solidifying. You know, Tunde Adelike re-signed. You got Wynn re-signed. Julian Hauser we know is going to be back. They signed Santos Knox and Simone Lawrence and Cam Kelly. Like the entire linebacking core we know is going to be back. Now you got Brooks. Um, we talked about Siante Evans last time. That's still on the transactions page, but has yet to be like officially announced. But I assume Siante Evans will be back. So you got three-fifths of that starting defensive backfield coming back too. I, this team, I think, I, I, think, I think it was you actually that, that said something about... Um, the team needs to make some changes because if they just keep rolling back with the same guys, they're going to be getting the same results, and it's, it hasn't been good enough. They've gotten to two great cups and lost. Some changes were going to be needed, but some of the guys, the guys that they're bringing back, I think they're prioritizing and making the right moves yep. on which guys they are bringing, going to bring back to the team, and then they're going to make changes elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely. And when I say you know there's going to be there needs to be changes, I don't mean everybody. Like there's a mm-hmm. lot of guys on this team that I want back. Um, on this squad in 2022. So uh, I think there's going to be a couple big changes, some big, bigger names. But uh, other than that, like there's a lot of guys that they should be bringing back. Um, okay, so the one signing we have to talk about that we're both kind of eh, on KO Kofor, right? Like hmm. he can't be the starting left tackle at the start of the season. Like I think that would be a massive mistake. Massive. Uh, humongous. It's uh, I have to believe that he's going to be in some backup role, like at the right tackle position or anywhere but starting le- uh, left tackle because there's no way that they can look at that film and be like, okay, this is our guy. I mean, and like, you know, no offense to him. I mean, I'm sure he can, maybe he can play a different position, but just left tackle was not working for him. And I actually kind of like him because he, I, I found out recently that he, he actually played at uh, for the Holland Hurricanes in PEI. So that's, uh, that was Oh, wild. that's cool. Yeah, kind of cool. 
So I have ties there. So that's kind of interesting. But uh, no, I do not want him as a starting left tackle. Yeah, if, if this is a depth signing, if this is uh, someone they're still going to try to... like, I mean, he's been with the team now for like five years. At some point, you have to... You can, you can only be a developmental prospect for so long. Um, but it and is... That would mean if they were going at left tackle, him at that position, that would mean a totally Canadian offensive line. Yeah. Which would be... I mean, if it can work, then it, it would be great. But uh, yeah, that's... Uh, there's no way. There's no way, Josh. I don't. Yeah. Think so. No. I, again, if he's if they brought him back because they're going to groom him to take over for Van Zyl when Van Zyl leaves in a couple of years, okay, I'll give it a shot. But yeah, he. There's no way they brought him back as a as a starting caliber player. It just it even as even as a couple of dopes who talk on a microphone, even we saw that that he just wasn't good enough. And that's that's not knocking him. There are plenty of guys that have tried to play left tackle for this team over the years that haven't been good enough. So. He just joins a long list of those guys as well. Lamar Durant, though, that kind of took me by surprise. When he was cut by the Lions, it was like it was seen as like a money thing, and I get that. He was making a pretty penny as their starting Canadian receiver. I did not think he would come to the Thai Cats. When you saw the news, were you as shocked as I was? I was very surprised. Um, you know, when you see that uh, thing on Twitter from the Thai Cats uh, Twitter handle, it's usually. Uh, you'd think someone's re-signing because, well, for one thing, the free agency hasn't hit yet. But uh, I'm pretty happy with this signing. Um, you know, Lamar Durant had a lot of hype coming into the league uh, when he got drafted. He hasn't really lived up to that hype. And I know that uh, last year he got a big contract from the BC Lions. And I was saying that I thought it was a good deal. And everyone else was saying it wasn't. And they were right. And I was wrong because he didn't really produce um, as much as money he got you know it didn't match up so um obviously i don't think they paid him as much as the bc lines did uh last year but uh he still has a lot of potential i think yeah and it makes for the possibility of this team having an impact canadian receiver for the first time since andy fantuz walked out the door all disrespect intended to mike jones um Although he did have like like over seven hundred yards at that at that fifth receiver position the one year, which is pretty impressive. Oh, Mike Jones, yeah, that was the year Banks got hurt like near the end of the season. He had he had like a hundred and ten yard game one, like, okay. and he and he yeah, look, it's a gimmick. Like ripping on Mike Jones is is because of the ball hitting him in the face, and it's like uh-huh. I get it, but he was never consistent. I I think you yeah. put Durant. And I don't think you have to pay, play him at the wide side receiver position. I think you can play him in the slot and get him the ball. He can get 60, 70 catches and put up 1,200 yards, 1,100 yards and and take some of the pressure off some of these younger guys and and give this team that impact Canadian receiver that they haven't had in half a decade. Like It's been a long time since Andy Fantu's left this team, and since then it's been kind of a graveyard when it comes to Canadian receivers you, you're looking at the roster now and with Dunbar coming back and Poppy White signing although I think he's probably going to play more special teams um, you got Braylon Addison coming back and now you have Durant that's a pretty good foursome to kind of start with Tim White will probably return if he doesn't make it in the NFL and then there are some some bigger named receivers available you never know maybe they make a splash and add another one although I think bringing in Durant kind of they'll go younger there. I think they're going to spend their free agency money at at some different places. Um, 
I, you know me, I'm a sucker for Canadian receivers. Always have been, always will be. I, this this really excited me because if he can realize his potential, play a full season because he got hurt last year as well. Don't forget, um, which kind of scuttled any sort of things he could have done in BC. This could be one of those signings where we're talking about it now and we're kind of, eh, you're, you're, you're more hand than I am. I know you're excited, but people in general are kind of like, well, we'll wait and see. And it could end up at the end of the season. It's like they got the top Canadian in the league. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, he does have the talent. He has, he has the size. Um, he's a, he's a really talented guy and, uh, I think he's going to help this offense a lot, but do you think that they're going to be, be starting two Canadian receivers? See, I saw that. I don't think they will. Why would you do that? Yeah, I don't, I'm not. I'm not sure. Um, unless they're drastically, you know, changing up the ratio. Um, I don't know. I just don't see. I mean, Unger. I don't. I don't hate Unger. No. I think that he's. Uh, you know, he's okay. Uh, he's had. He has some speed. That's about um, all I've noticed from him so far. But uh, yeah, I would be. It would be interesting to see two res, two Canadian receivers. But yeah. I don't know if wh- they wh- when's the last time we would have done that? When when they had Fantuz and Sam Jaguer? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, must have been because you know we've only had the one, the one token Canadian receiver yeah. uh, the last years. Yeah, I'm. You know what? When we talk about free agency stuff, we're gonna get into, especially when we talk about Jagarth Davis possibly leaving. I'm gonna give you a replacement, and it's gonna be ratio related, and I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of gauge where you think I'm going with that. Um, but that's okay. That's Ty Cats talk. Let's talk some CFL stuff. Uh, you kind of touched on what we're going to talk about next. Michael Riley announced his retirement from the BC Lions last week. Uh, the rumors had been out there that he was looking to hang him up. I was still a little surprised, quite honestly. Um, I thought that he still had some good football left in him, but uh, he hangs it up after a, a really good season. And then, of course, the debate about whether he should go to the Hall of Fame came up. And was it was it Peterson that said the thing about two Grey Cups? <clears throat> yes, sir. Does that does that dipshit then realize that there should be no Saskatchewan Rough Riders in the Hall of Fame then? So Ron Lancaster shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame? Guess not. George Reed shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame? I don't know. Was he just talking about quarterbacks? Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know either because I don't listen to his garbage He's show. But so. regardless, but even that's even that's nonsense. Dave yeah. Dickinson's in the Hall of Fame. He won one as a starter. Michael Riley is a Hall of Fame I think so too. Hall of Fame quarterback. I think we're too quick to anoint people as Hall of Famers, but Mike Mike Riley was at worst, at worst, the second best quarterback of his era. At worst, it's either him or it was for for half a decade. We were discussing whether he or Bo is the best quarterback in the CFL. If you're in the conversation as the best quarterback in the league for five, six, seven years, you're going to the Hall of Fame. He has an MOP. He has a, he, he did everything you can do as a quarterback. It's his fault that he played on some crappy Edmonton teams and the last couple of years played on a on some god-awful BC teams that were coached by, at least this past year, a complete doofus. Like, <laughs> what are you going to do? Like, he did everything he possibly could to win. He was He's got the numbers. His stats are incredible. He's got the ring. He's got the MOP. What else do you want him to do? Just a, I think you're just a attention grabber. It has type to be. Of comment. So, what will you remember most about Michael Riley's career? Toughness. Just yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Toughness, you know, and it's the you know easy answer to Michael Riley, but um, 
you know, I watched him play here for, I came here in 2015 and that was the year they won the Grey Cup. So, um, you know, it was, uh, it was really fun to watch him play. I thought he had a, a strong arm. I thought he was, you know, tough as we just talked about. Um, I thought he was a smart football player. Uh, I just, I just liked his style. Um, you know, and him and Bo going at it for as long as they did was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it's just unfortunate that his, his career had to end with those two really bad years in BC, which he had, you know, wasn't his fault. Sometimes I just like a player and I just like watching a player. Riley was one of those guys. Like, even if he wasn't as good as he actually was, there's just something about him that I found I couldn't look away. I always, whenever there was, he was playing, I wanted to watch him play. I just, I, I, I can't even describe what it was, but he was a tough son of a bitch because yeah. he got the shit kicked out of him on, I couldn't, innumerable amounts of times that he just got batted around, whether there, it was porous offensive lines or, or just trying to get that extra yard or whatever it was. And for him to even be able to play over a decade in the league is a testament to just how tough he actually was. And yeah, anyone kind of questioning whether or not he should go to the Hall of Fame, I think uh I think is kind of an idiot, but yeah, it's um it's kind of people are talking about Bo potentially being done soon cuz that shoulder of his, it's kind of the dawning of a new era, is it not? Yeah, I think so and with uh Jake Mayer, that's his name, right? The, yeah. the quarterback in three getting signed. Uh, you know, there is some question marks about Bo, too. It's uh, I even remember, like, on the Grey Cup panel before the game, they asked they asked him something, and he didn't seem sure that, like, he could... I don't know. Something about his answer made me wonder if he's thinking that he can't do it anymore because of his shoulder, right? So, um, you know, I've not been the biggest fan of Bo uh, over the years, but uh, he, he obviously has been... Well, one of the best quarterbacks over the last 10 years. But I would, if you were to ask me uh, who's better, I still think Riley's better. You like Riley better? Yeah. Riley. It feel, it feels like a, a Peyton Manning, Tom Brady kind of, like right. which, it, it, to me it's preference. It's all about preference. And where you had a guy like, like Bo was very, what Bo, like when he was at his peak, the surgical nature with which he could dissect a defense was Brady like, like it was, it was, it might not have been the most exciting thing to watch, but it was, it was pretty impressive. And then Riley had just, there was just like a swagger to him. Like, uh, like he almost felt like, because, you know, he had the gray and the hair and the beard. It almost felt like he was just like, he, he chugged it. Yeah. And it felt like he, he felt like he literally before the game, they picked him out of the stands and he chugged a beer, smashed it on his head, and said, "Give me the all right, fine. I'll put the I'll put the equipment on," and and they just went out there and just played football. And I, I got I Riley reminded me a lot of Brett Favre, and just he seemed to always be having fun out there. He was always just he was you know the gunslinger, just going out there and just trying to win and do whatever it takes to win. And, and it, it's all about preference as to who you like better. And and I I think I'd say Bo was like I mean he's more successful, two cups, MLPs, all that other sort of stuff. But as far as being more exciting to watch, I think I'd be hard to not say Michael Riley. Like I, I just, I really would. He was, he was a lot of fun to watch play, and he will be yeah, missing this league. Uh, kind of like a Matt Dunigan feel to him. If yes, yeah, him to a perfectly, player for perfectly. Sure. Also, so us, a guy who injuries kind of took him out of the game way too soon. 
Um, sticking in your neck of the woods, though, you mentioned uh, moving to Edmonton and getting to see Riley play. I don't even know what to say. The Elks signed to Darius Bowen and Manny Arsenal in the year 2022. Um, I, was just, I was like, as coaches? Like, that's what I thought. <laughs> I like, what, what's going on here? Chris Jones, uh, never one to make things uh, uninteresting, is he? No. No, nope. he's a lot of fun. Do you think either of these guys make it out of training camp, honestly? Maybe I, one of them. I, have, I honestly have no idea. I, I, w- I would have to lean to... I don't think Bowman. I just don't think he has it anymore. Maybe Manny has a year left in him where he could be, you know, in the background, you know what I mean? Like a fourth receiver or something like that. But... Like like G-Roy was when he spent his last season in Saskatchewan. Right. Not the same player, but still effective when you need him. And still gets um, respect from a defense and, and opposing defensive right. coordinators and can make life easier for the other receivers in the receiving core. Yeah, and, they, you know, they might need a, a veteran presence in that receiving core because, you know, I'm not sure that uh, Ellingson or Darrell Walker will be back mm-hmm. at Edmonton. So, um, Could be a lot of young guys there. Yeah, exactly. So... Uh, I, I don't think either of these guys are going to light the world on fire next season, but uh, I suppose there's no harm in bringing them in and seeing what they have. I mean, they must you know he's going to have a massive training camp, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. There's going to be 700 players there and, you know, pre-training camp rosters and, and all those sorts of stuff. Yeah, I thought this when I saw that, I was like, like, I thought it was a, a mistake. Like, I thought someone had, like, retweeted a tweet from, like, I was like, did Edmonton ever sign Manny Arsenault? Like, did, did I like? I thought he signed in Saskatchewan. Like, I I legitimately thought that this was like, like I'd gone back in time. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I just Bowman's been out of the league since 2018, and Arsenal has been out of the league since 2019. Like, and not, Arsenal wasn't really that effective in the, Saskatchewan, and he, and Bowman wasn't his like he he went to Winnipeg and then got traded to Montreal. Like, neither of these guys have been at their peak for. Like, Bowman's last good year was 2016? That's six years ago. <laughs> That's a long time ago. Like, it, it, 2016 doesn't feel like it should be more than half a decade ago, but it was. Like, Manny Arsenal's last good year was maybe 2017. Like, that's... A, like. There's another guy, too, in that those guys took the headlines, but there was another receiver that he brought back. Uh, I can't remember his name, though. It was at this exact same time. I think he's like 31 now or something. Might have well, played for the Riders when Chris Jones was there. can't well, recall. There, there was talk, they, they were talking about Deron Carter. Oh, yeah, I remember that, but there was an actual There's uh, an actual receiver? They, okay, yeah, well, we're yeah. going to have to look this up in real time then and make the very uninteresting choice on the show to have me Google stuff because he, that always... Uh, that right, always makes for great uh, for great radio. <laughs> the report was that they want him as a, a, a DB. As a DB, yeah. Why is he just, so hell bent on making? I don't know. Like he's pretty a pretty good receiver. Yeah. Um. I, and and if you brought him back, he's relatively young. I mean, he he's not a Bowman or an Arsenal, so but he's obviously has his issues. Are you talking about Caleb Hawley? Oh yeah, that's it. Yep. Okay, I was like, I'm looking at like receivers. Oh yeah, Holly played for the Riders. Did Holly even play? Yeah, Holly didn't play in, in 2021 either. He last played in 2019 no. for the for the Red Blacks. Like, I mean, he's he's younger. Like he's like he, 
he's, he's 31, but that's considerably younger when the other guys are 34, 36. Um, and look, I'm not here to be an ageist, but holy smokes. That, uh, I don't know, but you know what? It's interesting. We'll see what happens. What's who knows? Who knows what could happen? It's, uh, it got us talking like, and that's what Chris Jones yeah. does. Yeah. They, they, they didn't sign some, uh, Ohio state former. Oh Ohio yeah. JT Barrett. Yeah. He signed JT yeah. Barrett, but, um, uh, I'll, I believe he'll be he'll be good in in pro football when I see it. Um, but yeah, you know what? You leave it at, at least at least he's giving us something to talk about, and I'll give him that. And uh, he's a darn good head coach. So hey, maybe it'll work. Who knows? Well, I guess we'll find out when the season starts. I mean, they can't be any worse than they have been the last couple of years. No, definitely not. I do think that uh, the Elks organization is heading in the right direction. With, I agree uh, with you. The new president and CEO seems to have a good head on their shoulders. So um, good luck to them. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you on that. So uh, let's preview some free agency stuff. You want to talk about some rumors before we get into some fun stuff of our own? Yes, I do. Okay, the first couple of, well, the first rumor is is one that I'm sure we're, neither of us are happy about, and that's Jaguar Davis is possibly signing with the Toronto Argonauts, and the rumor is they're going to pay him 230000 a year to sign with the Double Blues. We all know Jaguar Davis has played in the Grey Cup in every single season that he has been in the CFL. So a lot of people made the same joke of, I'm putting money on the Argos if they sign Davis to make the Grey Cup. Are you okay with losing? I, I know Davis is a good player, and he was a monster in the playoffs. But are you okay if, if he walks, or is this one of those ones that you think they should be making, like moving heaven and mountains to bring him back? Uh I'm okay, I'm okay if, if he's not on the team next year. And that's not a dig against him. He's one of the best um, pass rushers in the league and has been for several years now. But I don't know. That's a, that's a lot of money. If you're going to yeah. want to bring him back, you're going to at least have to match that, right? Cause yep. Not going to take less. To, yeah. So, um, unfortunately, that's just the way it goes in football. Players leave. And uh, if, if, he go, if he comes back, great. If he leaves, then so be it. So, I have a theory here, and I, I I told you earlier. I think that they decided they were going to sign one of Dave, Davis or Win, and they got Win back. And we talked about the ratio, and I know that you put out a tweet talking about where the Thai Cats are going to play their seventh Canadian because there was there the rumors that they're going to start two Canadians uh, at receiver. They're obviously going to start four on the offensive line at least, and you have a Delaki on defense. Kwaku Botang is yeah. going to be a free agent. Mm-hmm. He went to Laurier, so we know he's from the area. What if they they have Mason Bennett, who played defensive end at, I believe it was, no, was it Wyoming? No, I don't think it was Wyoming. I think it was North Dakota State. Um, So they have a backup in place. If you're going to sign a defensive end to a contract in the $200,000 range, why not make it a young Canadian who has proven that he what he can do and you might save a little bit of money and then you flip defensive end into a Canadian position? I I could I think it's a possibility. Yeah, I think it is too, actually. I had Botang in my list of guys that I wanted to bring into the Thai Cats uh, when we're going to talk about it later on. But uh, yeah, I think it's a great idea. Uh, this guy is the real deal. Uh, everyone knows it. and uh, And he's Canadian. So... Um, I'd love to see him in black and gold. Yeah, and I think that that could be... I think if they lose Davis, I think bringing in 
Kwaku would be sort of, um, I think fans would be less, uh, you know what I mean? Like, oh, we lost David. I think people would be bummed, but then it's like, oh, we signed a really good Canadian player. And, I mean, th- th- I think the tie catch, like, he went in the fifth round of the draft in 2017, like, and then turned into one of the best Canadians in the league. I think at the beginning of last year, we, you and I were talking about uh, placing bets on, like, CFL award winners. I think I said that I was considering putting money on him as top Canadian. Then I think he got hurt and didn't play a bunch. But I don't know. I, I, I think the Laurier connection, I think he'll come back. Like, I think it makes a lot of sense that the team would go, okay, Davis wants, you know, 230. And they've obviously talked because we know that legal tampering windows open. If... You know, Kwaku says I'll take one ninety. I don't think you're you're losing a whole heck of a lot, and you're gaining a Canadian roster spot. So yeah, I don't he's know. A, he's Makes an all star caliber guy. Yeah, and he could, you know that's that's usually not a position reserved for Canadians. So mm-hmm. to get a a really good player playing that position, uh, that's a national is uh, would be a huge thing. But do you think that would you know not would they not bring back Teddy Laurent? After that, or do you think I, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Regardless of what they do, if Laurent's back, yeah, me too. Um, I like him. I, I again, it, to me, a lot of this stuff's going to come down to money, like like it always does. It's you, you paid Teddy a lot of money over the last few years, and he's getting into his mid thirties. How much longer is is he? You know what I mean? Like how much? How much? Long, I, I don't think he was at his peak last year. I think. Yeah. Uh, I think 2019, he was still really good. I think last year he took kind of a step back. And if he wants, you know, top-end Canadian money, I'm not sure that, that uh, the team should be willing to, to pay it. I love Ted Laurent. He's one of my favorite players on this this era of Ticats, the, the Ticats. I absolutely adore the guy. I I can see him right now being kind of expendable. Yeah. Especially yeah, if, you get, if you get a, a, a much younger pass right. rusher in, in Kwaku to come in. I don't know. I think they could. I think you could see. I, I think you could make it both work. Like even better if you have eight starting caliber Canadians. Holy shit, that's awesome! But you sign the Canadian kicker and punter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, there you go. Then you got you got it all covered. It's perfect. Yeah, but yeah, uh, I just I just have a feeling that Teddy's time in uh, Hamilton is done. Yeah, it's, I think uh, so too. He had a really good run, and maybe he. He can play somewhere else for a couple of years, but uh, just like Brand, uh, Brandon Banks, I think uh, it's the end of an era, and uh, Ted might be gone. Do you find it weird because like there's obviously you know rumors get out there. We know about Davis. We're going to talk about a couple other guys in a second. Um, is it is it not weird that a guy like Ted Laurent's you know borderline Hall of Fame player? He's considered one of the best interior linemen in the CFL. Nary a peep about anyone sort of making a play for him. Do you find that a little odd? It is kind of strange, isn't it? I you, mean, you would think he'd be a hot commodity. Yeah, being that Canadian, um, you know, I guess age might be scaring some teams yeah. away. But or maybe know, we're maybe we're not wrong, and people don't view him as the top end talent that he used to be. Yeah, it could be. It could it could be the fir- first for everything, right? Yeah, <laughs> you mean us being right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um. Jeremiah Mazzoli, obviously not going to be back with the Ticats. He is Dane Evans, signed a two-year lucrative two-year contract. So Mazzoli's going to be looking elsewhere. And apparently there's a bidding war for his services between the Elks and the Red Blacks. And the rumor is that they could push his salary to above $500,000 and would make him the second highest paid player in the league behind Zach Caleros. 
I'm all for players getting as much money as they can possibly get. But gee whiz, am I happier by the day that Dane Evans signed his contract extension? Half a mil for Mazzoli? That seems like an overpay, no? It does. It really does. And we we like Mazzoli here. Um but the, he just—I don't think he deserves to be the second highest player in the league. But if he can get it, like, good on him. You know, go get that money, buddy. But, but yeah, that's a lot of cash to be throwing around. But desperate teams are, you yeah. know. Um, I mean, Edmonton has Arbuckle, but I don't think Jones is a big fan of his. So, who knows what happens? Um, but if I had to guess, I, I'd say that he ends up in Ottawa. Yeah, you think Ottawa over Edmonton? See, I think Edmonton over Ottawa. Yeah, that's. I think I, jo- I think Jonesy wants to put together a real veteran team. That's fair. That's fair. But I just see that, you know, Sean Burke mm-hmm. maybe pulls him that way. Uh, maybe Banks ends up there too. Um, I could see wherever Banks goes, Mazzoli goes, or wherever Mazzoli goes, Banks goes. I could see that happen. Yeah, I could see them going as kind of a, a tandem. You know, the uh, Danny Mac, D- uh, Darren Flutie. Uh, they went from BC to Edmonton to Hamilton. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you. I could see those guys going together, but but I I, I you know I could also see Mazzoli coming here too because this is where he started his career, right? Yeah, and and he's had a lot of success playing here as a Hamilton Tiger Cat. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's it'll basically come down to who can pay the most, right? And yeah, and that's why he's to be overpaid because two teams are bidding for him. Well, that's just it, and it's. Again, I hate saying overpaid because like, I think guys should get as much money as they possibly can. I hate when it's like, oh, they should take a discount. No, they should get as much money from whatever team's willing to pay them. And, and I don't think – and no one should ever turn down extra money as far as I'm concerned. I wouldn't turn it down in my life. You wouldn't turn it down in yours. Why, why should a player? Um, but, yeah, it's because there's two teams looking at them. And there's no – like this, this kind of tells you how the those two teams feel about Trevor Harris because one of them's not going to land – Mazzoli and then is probably going to have to then go, I guess we're taking Trevor Harris. Like there's no way that you know, he comes back to Edmonton. Mazzoli goes to Ottawa and then Trevor or Edmonton's like, yeah, bring in Trevor Harris again. Yeah. You I don't, don't think that's no. a Yeah. You're probably, so to, is, who knows? is Harris then out of the league? Is he, does he take a backup job somewhere? Like what do you do there? Yeah, that's tough. It'd be hard for um, anyone's ego really to get, he got a, Big contract, um, you know, starting yeah, money. Three years ago, two years ago, yeah. With with the Elks and, uh, you know, to swallow your pride like that and to take a backup contract would be would be tough, I'm assuming. So yeah, he might be out of the league. Maybe he ends up in one of these uh, spring football leagues that are popping up. Yeah, B- uh, but, BC, yeah. may, but he's like 35 years old. Like he's not – like everyone always – and I remember this when he was signed by Ottawa back in, what was it, 2016, I think? And they're like, oh, he's – He's the the starter of the future, and it's like, guys, he's 29 already. And they still had Burris, and it's like, how long are you going to – like, yeah. the future's got to be now. Like, he's not going to – you know what I mean? Maybe BC, though. Like, they they lost Riley. Right. They, they, they say they're committed to Nathan Rourke, and I, and I think they are. But Rick Campbell's there. He knows Trevor Harris. Yeah. That could be an interesting well, landing spot. You could see that, actually, now that you pointed out. I never really thought about the the Rick Campbell connection there. Um, but yeah, they say they're going with work. I'll believe it when I see it. I, I, I don't, maybe he's good enough. Uh, he showed, he, he looked pretty good in the starts that he had last season or when he came in, but, uh, you got to believe that they're going to be bringing in some kind of veteran quarterback mm-hmm. into camp. 
Yeah, so, and you know not? what? You can say he's your starter in January and February. You want let me see what it looks like come July, and we'll go from there. So, um, Kenny Lawler is potentially getting a quarter of a million dollars to play for the BC Lions. That seems like an insane amount of money for him, does it not? It it, it kind of does. Like, I know he's a really good receiver, but highest paid but, highest paid receiver in the league. I don't know. I I think he was the best receiver on his team, but I don't think he's you know top three or four or five in the league. I don't know. Like maybe he is, but. He just doesn't. He didn't stand out to me as like this tremendous talent that would get all this money like that. Yeah, when I think of like that money for a receiver, I think of MOP Brandon Banks. I think of a guy like Brian Burnham. I think of early career Darrell Walker. Like you know what I mean? Like guys who you think of, you know, SJ Green, um, those type of guys where you're like, he is arguably the best. Like there's, it's not. I don't know if right now there is that one receiver that you can go, he is the absolute best. I think there's a lot of, maybe it's Burnham, but even him, I feel like he kind of lost a a step. Uh, Banks, obviously we discussed, has lost a step. I don't know if there's a guy right now where you're like, no, he's the guy. You know what I mean? And for a quarter of a million dollars, you got to be getting someone that you think can catch 100 balls, Go for sixteen hundred yards, ten plus touchdowns, and I don't know if Kenny Lawler is is that guy. And that would be an awful lot of money that BC would be spending on its receiving core. They re-signed Lucky Whitehead to what I believe was to almost two hundred thousand dollars, if not more. They brought back Brian Burnham, and he couldn't. I'm not saying he's going to get two hundred k either, but he's not coming. He didn't come back for you know eighty five thousand dollars, and then you give another. 250 to Lawler, you could be tying up, you know, nearly three quarters of a million dollars in three players. Like, that's, I don't know. Like, if you're spending 600 grand on a receiving core and you only have three guys, that seems like a kind of a misallocation of funds, no? Uh, on a team that has had a shitty offensive long, line, yeah. Long line for the past two years. And I know that last year wasn't as bad as 2019, but it still wasn't great. I mean, Michael Riley was still getting beat up back there. So, yeah, it's you got to scratch your head at the all the receiving receiver signings because um you know if the offensive line isn't there then it's not going to really matter, you know? And then they brought in some guy from the he used to play in the NFL or Oregon uh I can't remember his name, but probably not getting money that uh not even close to money that uh Lawler and uh Whitehead are getting, but you know, you have all those weapons, but if you have no one to block, it's not going to matter much. Well, and you would think with a young quarterback who's going to be a – let's work on the assumption that Nathan Rourke's going to be the full-time starter. Full-time starter in the in in, a, in the pros for the first time ever. You'd think you'd want to – like, I get surrounding him with talent, but you'd also think you'd want to surround him with a good offensive line because yeah. if he's, he's getting – He's Joel Figueroa, but – Yeah. You know, he's been around the league for a long time, and he's yep. been a good offensive – offensive lineman but injured a lot i think and you know he's getting up there in age too so we'll see we'll see what happens hopefully you know nathan rourke isn't thrown to the wolves you know not given a fair chance because he doesn't have any protection well that's just it if he gets the piss knocked out of him it's not going to matter who you got catching the ball it's he's not gonna be able to get it to him because he's on his back the whole time 
And they still haven't uh, re-signed uh, Riker Matthews. So oh, still out there. I was hoping you wouldn't bring that up because we're going to talk about. I think we're going to talk about him. And I, I actually, you know what? I don't even know what you're going to bring up, but I have a. I can damn well guarantee we're going to be talking about Riker Matthews in a second. Mm-hmm. Okay, last bit of uh, league free agency rumors, and this is less a rumor because the guy actually signed. But I think this signing kind of can lead us to an interesting discussion. Um, Johnny Augustine re-signed with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers on a two-year deal. Johnny Augustine is a running back. Johnny Augustine is a Canadian running back. Johnny Augustine is a young Canadian running back. Have we seen Andrew Harris's last game in, in a Winnipeg Blue Bombers uniform? I believe so. Uh, don't they have another Canadian running back too? That they yeah, Brady Oliviera, but he's also a free agent. Oh, okay. Okay, I see, I see. Now, if, now, if so, they bring back Oliviera, I think there's no chance. And I just saw today, um, before we recorded, that the Bombers and Harris haven't even had formal contract discussions. So I think I think we can read the tea leaves here, no? Yeah, I think we can. Um, I think Oliviera uh, and Augustine, if they're both, you know, if they both end up signing back, I think that'd be a pretty good tandem for the, for the Bombers. I just don't see how... I just don't see them bringing back Andrew Harris. Uh, he's obviously getting up there in age. He had a good, uh, you know, couple of playoff games and a, and a Grey Cup game. Oh, not the Grey Cup game. He wasn't even that good. He was okay. A- Andrew Harris okay. is the last great Andrew. Pe- what people remember in Winnipeg of Andrew Harris is the 2019 Grey Cup. That yeah. was, if he would have walked away after that game, and I'm not saying he should. If, if you have the desire to play and still think you can play, play as long as you want. I don't think pl- players should walk away. I don't care what us fans think. If the player wants to keep playing, play. Play until you don't want to anymore. But that that if you would have walked away after that, he would have might have gone down, in some people's opinion, as the greatest Canadian running back of all time. People would have said, look at what he did. Look at that last game where he just dominated. And then he came back the following year and just he got hurt. He wasn't as effective. I I just I don't see any reason why Winnipeg would bring him back, other than the fact that he's from Winnipeg. And you can't and I don't think that that's to me, if they sign all these running backs and still bring Andrew Harris back, I think that's the first sort of dent that I would put in. Because Winnipeg right now, back-to-back champs, can you really fault anything they do? Like right now, they've got so much goodwill built up. It's really kind of tough to be like, here's where I'm going to take a shot at the Bombers because they're the defending two-time champions. Like there's nothing you can say that really would, would kind of stick to them. Yeah, and I Going, think they brought back like four fifths of their offensive line. Yeah. So, you know, I don't, they don't need Andrew Harris. No, they just, they just don't anymore. He, um, you know, the guys that they have are going to be effective in that run game and the offensive line are just going to open up the holes for, for anyone who's back there. So I think it'd be, uh, I don't think it'd be a wise decision to bring Andrew Harris back. He's going to want, you know, a sizable paycheck and uh, they've already given away a lot of money. So yeah, I think that this is the end for Harris and Winnipeg. Yeah, and if they bring him back, I think this would be the thing that you could you could start to see. To me, it would be they're using heart over head. I think mm-hmm. the head is telling them it's time to move on, and the only reason you bring him back is you're saying, we well, we don't want to see him play for someone else or something like that, you know what I mean? I uh, I don't know. It, it, we'll, we'll have to wait and see how this plays out, but I, I think Andrew Harris is, is in another uniform. I'm not sure where, though. I mean, the ultimate heel to him him be going to Saskatchewan, wouldn't it? Like William Powell's a free agent. It, Could you imagine how like how how would Winnipeg fans feel? That would be wouldn't it be weird? Like he brings he's the reason you won a Grey Cup. He brought you back to back championships. He's the hometown kid, 
and he goes to the bitter rival. Ugh. Yeah, that would be that would make things a lot. Of, I mean that that Labor Day. Oh, the banjo bowl. That'd be awesome. That'd be must see TV. Yeah, that would be. That would be. Definitely interesting, but I could see maybe BC. Maybe he ends his career back in BC. Who knows? But yeah. I don't see anyone being that interested in him, especially if he wants a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Like I just don't see him being considered, you know, one of the best running backs in the league anymore. No, and he's got a lot of tread on the tires. The guys get older, yeah. especially running backs. Like the fact that he's, I mean, you know, some of it might be, um, <clears throat> you know, aided, yep. but yep. Uh, I don't know. He still was one of the most productive backs a few years ago, and. 34 but for a running back is old. Is old. Old. Yeah. Very old. And he's been in the league now, what, 11 years, 12 years? Yeah, I think he uh, came in a junior football, so yeah, it's yeah. been a while. It's a beating. He takes a beating. All right. Now that we got the rumors and all that stuff out of the way, let's let's do some fun stuff, Mike. Let's talk about the Ticats going into free agency. I think it'd be arrogant of us to say what, what the team should do or, or and even what the team will do. What is it that you would see like to like to see the team do? What would you, if you were in charge, where would your focus be when it comes to free agency? Because we all know Ticat fans want all the stars to play for the Ticats. It's like, we have a really good receiving core. Don't care. Go sign Duke Williams. Go sign Darrell Walker. Make sure you bring Brandon Banks back too. It's like, okay, guys, we don't need seven receivers. You know what I mean? Is left tackle and Riker Matthews coming back your number one priority here? That's the number one priority. <laughs> um, you know that uh, my my I'm a big fan of Riker Matthews when he was here. I know he, he got injured last year, I think, with the Lions, but mm-hmm. uh, only played one game uh, last year because of a concussion. So yeah, out of sight, out of mind in BC. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he's still not re-signed by them, so uh, the, the clock is ticking. And I just think that you can't go into the season with a question mark at left tackle again. Listen. If they brought back Riker Matthews, I think that, you know, with some of the young guys a year under their belt, the guys in the middle, the Canadians in the middle, I think that they will be better. Obviously, the the big problem was left tackle. So if you get that problem um, fixed, I think the offensive line will come together because we already got two of our best linemen signed up, right? We got mm-hmm. Revenberg back and we got Van Zyl back. And Van Zyl's getting up there in age. We'll, we'll see how he does next year. Um I have my questions about him, but it's good to have him signed up. But if you bring in a left tackle that's dependable, I think we're good to go. Yeah, I think there's a – in case it's not Riker Matthews, Mike, I do mm-hmm. think I, – I think this is this is something you can address in free agency because there's a couple other tackles out there. Uh, Ukambre Williams in Calgary and Justin Renfro that are also available. I think there could be a market here for the Ticats to actually find a veteran – to fill this role. They don't have to go with the revolving door of, of guys, of rookie guys, of young guys. If they don't, is it, are you, are we resigned to another off season of, of Mike fretting about the offensive line again? Cause this, this has been like years in the making, like aside from 2019, this is the one thing that we've been talking about probably more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll be, I'll be paranoid and I'll be worrying again, like mm-hmm. every other season almost. So, uh, just you know, they, they, it, it has to be addressed. Like, how can you look at the performances of the guys last year, minus maybe Murray, who signed a futures deal with the Colts, um, and Volcron or whatever? What is his name? Vol- <laughs> oh, Vorncall. Although Vol- 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 Volcron, I like that. Sounds like a transformer. Yes, I like it. 
Um, he played pretty good, actually. He played all right. Better than uh, Okafor, obviously, but that, you know, it's not saying much. Um, but I, I just think you have to have a vet guy coming in, a guy that you know can be effective in that position. Yeah. Where else do you see holes on this team? Because, like, right now, it looks like the two cornerback positions are kind of open. We don't know what they're going to do at defensive end and maybe defensive tackle. You look at the offense. The offense seems fair, aside from left tackle, seems fairly solidified, I think. Um, is there anyone else or any other position that you're kind of looking at and going, uh, we need to bring this guy in or we need to fill this hole? Well, it, it's all, it all depends. But uh, I, I was thinking, like, you know, the rumors floating around that uh, they might try to start two Canadians, and I was going with that assumption. Um to maybe bring in a guy like Shaq Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been around the league for a while now, you know, hasn't lit the league on fire or anything, but he's uh, fairly young, you know, 28 years old. He ran a 4.39 at the Combine in 2016, so he has some speed. Maybe he's your, your I mean, and, and he would be a pretty good token fifth Canadian receiver out there. I think, um, you know, defenses would have to pay attention to him because he could just slip behind uh, everybody and Dan Evans could find him deep on uh, on some routes. So I think it would be a good thing if, if that's the way they're going to bring in another veteran uh, receiver, Canadian receiver. Yeah, I mean, if they're going to go with two Canadians and, and they're going to dip into the free agency pool again for that, I think there's a, a lot worse players you could get than Shaq Johnson. I like Shaq Johnson. I think he's. Yeah. I don't think he's ever going to be like you know Fantu's level superstar. But I think he can be a six, seven hundred yard guy as that wide side receiver. And if you're getting that production from that position, your offense is doing pretty good. Well, yeah, you did steal my Botang because I had Botang coming in as a defensive end. Yeah. Um, so with and that, I did hear, there was a report, I think, from Hodge actually that Ticats are in the in the hunt for him. Oh, let's let's make it happen. Let's yeah. use that as sort of a base. Let's say we'll we'll, we'll hedge on the side of of. Uh, of positivity. I know it's not something we we do a lot around here. We're we're the negative Nellies of the podcasting world. But let's let's say they go after Kwaku Botang and they bring him in. And then they go, We don't need a Canadian at defensive tackle anymore. What do you say about them going and pairing with Dylan Wynn, Micah Johnson? Ooh. How devastating of an interior defensive line would that be? Oh, that would be nasty. I like that idea. I, I like that idea a lot. Uh, two nasty guys in the middle like that, just uh, and you, you could have you know Julian Hauser and Botang. That would be quite the defensive that's just, line. And that's what I'm thinking. Like, yeah, you lose Jagger Davis, and that sucks because he's the best player that like you would lose him, and he's he's better than all of those guys. Like, I'm not I'm not going to make the case that that Jagger Davis wasn't the best defensive lineman the Ticats had and has had, but. You flip his position to Canadian. It allows you to take a, a Canadian now in Ted Laron, who you might pay a little more. Give that money to like Mike. That foursome would be would still be as good as the Davis win Laurent Hauser foursome was. Boateng win Johnson and Hauser would be just as formidable. Absolutely, and Julian Hauser is a guy that's just going up, right? I mean, yeah. his stock is on the rise yeah and i don't think we've seen the best of him yet so uh there's still better th- better things to come for him and I, you know if they brought in a guy like uh mika i mean that would be just be dangerous is there anyone like i i kind of wrote a list of like all like the big names 
like there's a ton of free agents, obviously, and, and I'm sure they're going to pluck a couple of names that we're going to go, oh, I didn't expect that to be a guy that they'd go after. Is there really anyone else that you can think of that you would be like, okay, you have to get a guy in this position because you need, like go and get, uh, let me look at this list here. Go and get uh, Ed Ganey. He's, he's not coming back to the Riders. Go bring Ed Ganey back to Hamilton because we need uh, the. You know what I mean? Like I, mm. I'm noticing like some of the guys that are available aren't necessarily guys at positions where the Ticats are desperate to bring someone in. No. I, I just think that you bring like most, not all, but most of these guys back, especially on the defensive side of the ball, um, and we're good to go. I don't think you need to be going out and signing a lot of free agents this season because – you know, the, the holes really aren't there except for a couple spots. Um, you know, and the, you know, the Bro might be coming back to the Tiger Cats. So, did he play weak side or strong side cornerback? He was the boundary cornerback. So, he was on, like, the closest to the... Right. I, I, I don't really know how do you... It's the one where it's he plays on the closest hash to the sideline. Right. Okay. Yes. So, you know, if... if and it, Yeah. I don't. I just don't think there's many holes on this team, and uh, the holes that we need to be filled, I think, will be filled. But yeah, there's a lot of guys out there that are very talented, um, have great experience, but we might not need them because we already have that position filled. What do you think about some of the bigger names that the Ticats have yet to sign? We know Mazzoli won't be back, so I don't think there's any point in talking about him anymore. I, th- it feels pretty safe to assume that Jagarit Davis won't be back. So I think we can kind of cross him off the list. I think we both kind of agreed that if they move on from Ted Laron, it's not the worst thing in the world. But there still are some other guys that have contributed on this team in some positions where I think they might be needed. Like Jalen Acklin has been a pretty good receiver for the Ticats. Do you think he's coming back? Because I don't. No, I don't either. I don't either. I think, you know, bringing back guys like Dunbar... Um, uh, Tim, is Tim White back with the team? Does Tim, he... I know. T- I know he was working out for NFL teams, but I don't. I still think he's under contract. Like I think he's using that NFL window that, right. that every player has. But if he doesn't land an NFL deal, I'm pretty sure he'll be back with the Tie Cats. Yeah, I just don't see, especially if they're starting two Canadians at receiver. I don't see Jalen Acklin back. And. Uh, as a free, don't you think that he'd hit free agency and someone's going to pay him a lot of money? That maybe I hate saying this because it comes off dickish. That he maybe hasn't earned, like doesn't deserve. Like you know what I mean? Like I think some team's going to give him in the high hundreds to maybe reaching close to two hundred, and I'm not sure his production would warrant that. No. I don't think so either. And but I mean, if you would have caught that touchdown in the Grey Cup, I'd be saying give him a million dollars a year. But yeah, me no, too. Me didn't. too. But yes, he 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 did not. Um, and there was a lot of expectations from this year. I believe he led the team in receiving yards. But uh, yeah, I think I think he's a fine player. I think he's a very good player. But if he doesn't come back, it's not the end of the world. I think we have enough talent to uh, you know not miss him that much. What do you think is going to happen with Frankie Williams? Because that's an int- him, Jamal Roll, and Delvin Bro are three guys that have started in the secondary, all free agents. I I don't I know don't if think, I don't know if all of them are going to be back. No, I don't think Frankie comes back. I don't think so either. You brought in Poppy White, and you got to assume exactly. he can be returning, right? Yep. And that's the you know Frankie Williams is a really good defensive back as well, but his value you know, was in being able to do both. Exactly. So I just don't see him coming back. 
Which um, is unfortunate because I'm a big fan of Frankie Williams. Yeah, same here. I don't think Sean Thomas Erlington comes back. I no. think they've made the choice to go with Don Jackson, and I think he's going to be given every opportunity to be the number one guy. We just have to look at how the offense operated. And it's no, I think Sean, if John Thomas Erlington doesn't suffer that knee injury in 2019, I don't think Don Jackson ever plays for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Cause I think Erlington goes on to be top Canadian that year. He was, he was on that pace, but I, I don't think he's coming back. The one that I'm Darius Sirocco is a free agent. He was a starting center for the team last year. He's from Burlington. I'm hoping he's the next kind of big name to be announced as returning because I don't know what they do at center if because Jesse Gibbon, who was uh, the second overall pick in the draft in 20, 2019, I believe it was. Maybe it was 2018. Um, he's he's a free agent. I don't know if he'll be back. He's a Hamilton boy, but he hasn't really developed yet. Although they keep, they've given K. Okafor 100 years to develop and right. get rid of some of the other guys. I don't know what the team would do at center if, if Sirocco walked because you – would, maybe they have to draft someone. I know they have Canadians in the pipeline, but do you really want to start a rookie at center? I guess if that's where you, I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out where, where you would find a, a starting caliber center if uh, if you let him go. Right, and Siraco. I mean, he's not. Uh, that's not his natural position either. No, is he it plays center? guard. But it's but it's yeah, versatile. But that that's also ver- being versatile is also it helps mm-hmm. bringing guys back. Yeah. Yeah, it does leave a pretty big hole in that offensive line if mm-hmm. Sirocco does not re-sign with the Ticats. So, yeah, that's a, that's something to keep your eye on as well because then we have a hole at left tackle and center, just like last season's to start. So This yeah. literally just popped into my head. Yeah, I know. I know. They, they have to do something along the offensive line. It what if they take... What if signing K. Okafor was because he's going to play guard? Hmm. What if you have left tackle, question mark, Revenberg, they move Coulter Woodmansey from guard to center. center, Okafor plays guard, Van Zyl, right tackle. It literally just popped into my head. That would be interesting. Um, you know, maybe... Okafor would be better suited to be playing guard than left tackle because that's what I'm thinking. Tough, right? You have to go against those fast defensive end. You know, it's t- it's a tough position. So you get, you get more it, help inside. Yeah, it can kind of sheltered, you know. Yeah, cover up your flaws a little bit. Yeah. I could see it. I could see it. that's an interesting idea. Hmm. Yeah, it, it literally just tackle. popped in my head as we as I was as we were discussing this. Yeah, I, I can see it. See you, Josh. Um, okay, so anything else Ticats related free agency-wise? Or It, it feels weird because I don't feel like they're going to make a huge splash. Like, I don't think it's going to be like, they signed Devere Posey, like, you know what, like they did, you know, a couple years ago. Like, I don't feel like this team needs to go out. For the first time in forever, we're not fighting for a Sam linebacker. You know what I mean? Like, maybe they get one or two big-name guys because obviously there's going to be some money there to do that. But I feel like this team's going to be not quiet necessarily, but I feel like there's going to be more maybe depth signings than big splashes. You know what I mean? Like, because, you know, yeah. guys like Gary Davis, Jeremiah Mazzoli, Kenny Lawler, like Andrew Harris, like those guys are going to get the vast majority of the publicity, whereas I don't think the Ticats are kind of in the market for for any of those guys, maybe the maybe if they sign Kwaku Botang, that would be a pretty big deal, obviously, and Michael Johnson. But you know what I mean? Like, I don't think we're not going to get that like 
they signed Andy Fantuz. You know what I mean? Like that that big sort of like put it on a like, billboard type signing. I think well, it's gonna. I think, I think it's gonna be like signings uh, that like the hardcores are gonna be like, oh, that's a good. That's a good ad. Well, if they if they resign Riker Matthews, you can slap it on a billboard. <laughs> I'm sure you would. I'm sure that would you be a would. Big deal for me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could I, if that happens uh, on the opening of free agency, I, I'm I will probably hear the screams from your uh, from your house all the way from Edmonton to Hamilton. Yep, you can count on that. So we kind of do this every year, but most years we go through like a huge list, and I I, I don't know, we never really <laughs> tag back up on it. So instead of doing that, let's just kind of have a fun discussion about sort of where what big name guys like maybe pick two or three guys across the league and where you think they might end up. So is there any any fun, bold, I don't know, you name it, sort of predictions that you have for guys about to enter free agency and where they might land? Well, I got a pair of uh, Edmonton Elks. Okay. Going to Ottawa. Uh, I got, uh, you know, maybe it's just, it's kind of a, it is a bold uh, prediction. Uh, I think they need receivers badly. I think they sign, you know, Ellingson and uh, Darrell Walker. Wow. There, get, uh, Get some star receivers in there. Get uh, you know the Ottawa fans a little bit excited because they are hurting at that receiver position. They're also hurting at quarterback. So if they bring those guys in but have no one to throw them the ball, is it really going to make much of a difference? Or are you saying Mazzoli? You said Mazzoli. You think Mazzoli's going to Ottawa though? So that would yeah. actually be kind of fun. As much as I'd hate it because it's Ottawa, that would actually be kind of fun to watch those two guys with Mazzoli. Yeah, that would be interesting, right? Yeah, Darrell Walker could uh, take the top if he if he's still you know interested. He looked completely disinterested last year. Yeah, um, but kind of need to see I mean, him I know take the top it's not of professional, defense. but I mean a lot of those guys look disinterested. Yeah, last that's year. true. Was, that's that's that very was true. a bad bad culture around that team. Do you want to give it the Mike? Sta- are you saying Riker Matthews is coming home? Is that is that a prediction from it. you, or are you just or is it just wish? Is it just a wish? Oh, it's both. It's a wish and okay. a prediction. Okay, so I'll throw it out there. Rick Masters comes back, but you know, you mentioned another, uh, you know, a couple other guys at left tackle that I would be happy with as well. So it doesn't have to be Riker Matthews. But you just want it to be Riker Matthews because yeah, we like Riker Matthews. It's, he's relatively young. He, you know he can perform. He's been here before. So it makes sense. And I feel like we were on the Riker Matthews train before anybody else. When he mm-hmm. stepped into the starting lineup as a right tackle, I think it was in 2018, maybe 2017. Maybe, maybe it was 2017 because 2017 was the lost season. When he stepped in for the first time, you and I, I believe, were the first ones to – out of anybody to talk about him and he was a right tackle at the time being the guy i was we were i specifically recall us talking on a show all those years ago about us being excited to see what he could do and then he's turned into a damn good player so i feel it would be nice to bring him back because uh you know a guy like that that bald head big beard (laughs) i missed i missed him with the tie cats he's my kind of guy because uh you know big beard mostly bald what do you think about so we said I said Andrew Harris to 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 Saskatchewan. I'm I'm gonna make that my kind of bold prediction. Duke Williams. What about Duke Williams to the Calgary Stampeders? Interesting. I know Calgary's not known for making a splash. I know people in Saskatchewan want him to come back. I don't know. I think if you're it if he if it back in Edmonton with uh, Chris with Chris Jones. I was thinking that too. I was thinking that too, and he'd be a great addition. I, I don't know why, but I was thinking, if if we're, 
if we're working on the assumption that maybe Bo is on sort of, you know, a couple years, last hurrah, wouldn't you want to try to go take him out as a, as a winner again? And if you could add Duke Williams to Kamar Jordan and Reggie Bagleton, that's a as good a threesome as you'll find in maybe CFL history. Yeah, it's it's definitely up there. That would be quite the yeah. I could see it for Bo and for a guy like Bo, who's you know not as good as he used to be. You know, maybe his shoulders still bothering him. Uh, you want to surround him with as much talent as you can. So that would be. You know, that'd stick it to the riders too, because obviously Calgary's one of their biggest rivalries. So uh, it'd be very interesting. I like that idea. Anything anything else you got? It's, it's it feels weird this free I mean, for one, and this is free advice, CFL, why are you doing the opening of free agency at Super Bowl week? Like I know we're not supposed to worry about the NFL and yet but it's literally the hype leading up to the Super Bowl and on the Tuesday before the game, you're opening free agency. I mean, I'm, at least they didn't open for agency this week because on the Tuesday, Tom Brady announced his retirement. They would have been completely dwarfed. But I, is it not? Is it not? Because they not have pushed it a week. Like after the game, after the game's over, does anyone really like? You're not going to care. But like, and maybe it's not important. But it, it just feels like of all the weeks you choose, you choose this one. It just feels weird to me. It does feel a little strange, but uh, you know, it is what it is. I'm yeah. not sure. I'm still excited. Don't get me wrong. And on Tuesday, I'll be, I mean, I'll be at work, but I'll be glued to my phone seeing who goes where. But yeah, I don't know. Just seems a little. And, you know, the week leading into the biggest, you know, besides the World Cup, the biggest sporting event in the world. Yeah, it feels it feels a little less than desirable, but that's that's either here or there. But man, I know this year's free agency obviously came quicker to the end of the season than previous years because the season literally ended later than, than it usually does. But man, it, it, it feels like the CFL offseason gets shorter and shorter every year. Like we're talking about free agency. Soon we're going to be talking about like the draft and then it's going to be the season. And it's like, didn't the season just end? Like if, like it's mm-hmm. already February. Like where the hell did January go? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It, it feels like maybe as we get older, the, the days get shorter and the months get shorter, but it certainly feels like things are, are coming a lot quicker nowadays well, sometimes it seems like the days drag on forever but then the months and the the years go yeah, by just gone you know I mean? yeah you yeah. blink of an eye like yeah i don't know it's it's fun though i i i love watching the games but the, the fun of the off season and like the speculation and and kind mm-hmm. of getting to play like armchair gm is it's a lot of fun too yeah it is and that you know there's a lot of talk about the free agents you know too many free agents every year and i'd like it to be you know I like it to be less as well, but it, it it is exciting coming around this time. You know, looking at your phone, like w- awaiting the next signing mm-hmm. and who's going to go where. It is it is a lot of fun. Yeah, it, it really – and I'm, I'm with you too. I don't think – I think too much is made of the constant player turnover. And it, maybe it hurts jersey sales. I, I, I can see that aspect of it. But at the same time, when you, you – the and I think it was actually Kyle Walters that said this, so I'm kind of stealing this from him. Those really bad teams, because of these one-year deals, can flip things around in an instant. Like Ottawa was terrible, but if they get a legitimate quarterback, make some gains on on offense in the receiving core, they had a fairly decent defense last year. It was the offense that let them down. If they can if they can get average at offense, all of a sudden maybe they get back to being a playoff contender. And then once you get into the playoff field, as we saw down south with the Cincinnati Bengals, would anyone have picked the Cincinnati Bengals to make the Super Bowl 
when the playoffs started, let alone before the season, it, it can happen up here too, it, it, especially with a smaller league. Player, it allows players, it allows teams, it allows then their fan bases to feel like, yes, we may have been terrible last year. Maybe we've been terrible for a couple of years, but may, this year, because we made these changes, we can turn it around. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Yeah, it's I like player familiarity as much as the next. Um, but at the same time, I, I understand players got to do what's best for them. Teams got to do what's best for them. And you you having been in that, what felt like a never-ending loop of terribleness in those early 2000s Ticats teams, it's it's nice as a fan when you're like, oh, you can add this guy and kind of turn things around. So, I don't know. I, I think it's... Pick carefully. If you pick your jersey carefully, it, it can yep. work out. You know what I mean? Like, there's no guarantees, obviously, but... no. Um, there's guys that you have a feel for, you know, they're going to be around for a while. Yeah. So, yeah. Like these guys sign back before free agency even hits. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's not as big as people make it out to be. Yeah. I, I agree. I think it's, I think it's slightly overblown and maybe that's just you and I, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I see so much talk about it that I just, and I just don't understand, but yeah, who knows? You ready though? You ready for Tuesday? You ready for all the highs and lows that come with it? When we see some guys that we want to stay leave and some guys that we want to, to come, come. Yes. Yes, I'm. I'm uh, it's always, uh, you know, I'll be at work just like you, but I'll be peeking at the phone, and uh, uh, I think it's going to be an exciting day for the Thai Cats, whether they bring back some guys or uh, bring in some guys from free agency. Just, you know, get a left tackle, and uh, I'll be happy. <laughs> get a left tackle. That's uh, that should be the, that should be the name of the of of the free agency for you, for us this year. Get a light. Get a right tackle. Left. Oh, did I say right? Oh, yeah. Just that last time. Screw it up right at the end. Ah, <laughs> oh, bloody hell. Anyway, that was Podskew for this week. I am Josh Smith. And I'm Mike Graham. Eat them raw. Eat them raw.